0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And thanks for the help uh, you get from Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive. We'll help you keep it running. Uh, good morning, Nick. Good to see you. Good morning. How you been?
1: I'm doing great. It, you know, the temperatures aren't necessarily good for the car business, but, you know, I don't mind 30 degrees.
0: Because uh, last year at this time, we had a whole different uh, set of rules there. Yeah, it was they... well below zero.
1: For... Ever <laughs> seems like it. So for sure. yeah, no. This yeah. is uh you know, it's uh, it's that time of the year where kind of another month of winter or so, a real winter, and then things kind of you know you get some nice days and some bad days, and we'll keep plucking along. We'll be That's all you can
0: do. Uh, tell you what, if you have any kind of a car care question and you need to bring in your vehicle for service at your favorite shop or your favorite dealer, you want to know what the heck could be wrong with it. It's just always good to have more information than less.
1: You know, yeah. we, over the years we've obviously said this, but. Oftentimes you feel like a customer is maybe not sharing everything yeah. because they might feel it might cost more. And the, the fact is the more information you can give us or your your mechanic or your shop, they, sometimes it's easier to find that, especially an intermittent issue where uh, it only happens in certain scenarios. If you have those scenarios written down, we can duplicate that. We can kind of cut to the chase of it and figure it out. Yeah, it helps everybody. Absolutely.
0: If you, again, if you have a car care question, you want to get some answers, uh, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Questions for Nick this morning from Lloyd's Automotive. I mentioned it earlier while we're waiting for some uh, calls. We do have some text messages already. Uh, Dan brought it up a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, a story I, I had not heard about Theft of catalytic converters now I know they're very expensive to replace
1: they are they are you know it's uh there's always something, and yeah. right now that's what it is you know what's if, what's
0: inside of them that thieves want it
1: well, the precious metals they can take to a uh, metal recycler and get a you know anywhere from a hundred dollars to a few hundred dollars depending on the amount of those precious materials are still in there so the the converter's purpose is to clean the exhaust as it leaves the engine. Obviously, we want to have less emissions. Yeah, you know, less damage to the environment. So we have these converters that are uh, that burn real hot, and they kind of burn off what's left of the byproduct of the engine running. Well, thieves have learned that certain manufacturers uh, use different makeups of these items, and they're more valuable. So it's become, unfortunately, very popular uh, for someone to uh, crawl underneath your vehicle with a little a little jack and one of those battery powered. Uh, Saws, you know, Sawzall, saw, and mm-hmm. uh, in a matter of like a minute or two at the very most, they can have that thing removed from your vehicle, and on their way. Hard what part, kind of a, what,
0: excuse me. What kind of a jack do you, does somebody carry with them? That that they, would they just need to put up what fronts? Back, where would they put They it?
1: need to get the car high enough off the ground so they can wiggle underneath. Man. You know, so it's um, it's unfortunate because the damage it costs. To the the owner of the vehicle, the insurance company can be great because obviously these people are not using care when they're doing this, and oftentimes they can create more damage. Uh, It's not something that you can go without because now your exhaust is wide open, Yeah, it's extremely loud, uh, you know, it's just, it's really sad. You know, we've unfortunately had one, it seems like, every week for the last couple months almost. So this is just your shop? Just our shop. It's this non, this revolving door is just nonstop, and... You know I wish there was ways that they could uh implement some rules or regulations what there do was, you think
0: if if you ha if you were king what uh, what would you do to uh to keep those thieves from uh I at least think, getting away with
1: it. I think it's very easy you require them to submit their driver's license and the uh, vehicle identification number of the vehicle it came off of mm-hmm. oftentimes these places these recyclers also dispose of the vehicles, so they're already tied in with the d m v it wouldn't be very difficult for some sort of process to happen where you know, you'd require the, require the person to give the driver's license where they can swipe it, they know who it was, enter the vehicle identification number, they know what kind of vehicle it came off of. If this is what you do, you can look at the, the part and the car and, like, this didn't come from this part, go away, or whatever yeah. you may have. And I think they would nip it in the, in the rear real quick.
0: Because what generally speaking, not every vehicle is there, how much does it cost to put a new catalytic converter?
1: Uh, depend- well, and depending, the, like I said, the extra damage. I mean, we've had them yeah, where they. True. We had one last week where the person decided to cut the converter out, and they, they didn't even get the converter because in the process they got their saw stuck in the transfer case. Oh. But it cut a hole in the transfer case. Oh man! And that's a couple thousand dollars. We've had them where they rip out the oxygen sensors, or they damage the shift linkage for the transmission. So these things can be a thousand dollars or several thousand dollars. And unfortunately, if your vehicle's a little bit older. That might total the vehicle. Now you're out. You're right. If you don't have a car, now you're starting from scratch. So it's, it's really unfortunate. Hopefully, it gains enough traction where they can make a couple simple rules. Yeah. That would kind of. I like it. your
0: idea of the driver's license and the VIN. Well, if the same guy keeps showing up, yeah. Odds are. Yeah, he owns a lot of cars. Yeah. Yes, absolutely yeah, not true. All right, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you have any kind of a car care question you want to talk to uh, to Nick, call it in, text it in, same number. 651 989 9226. Bill is calling in from Wabashaw, I believe. Bill, you have a question for Nick.
2: Just a, an occurrence I wanted to relate. Hey, Nick, how are you? Good morning. Uh, I wanted to thank you for taking care of my brother a couple of months ago. He uh, took his i I don't remember what year's car is. It's an early 2000 Buick with a 3800 engine. And he took it into a place down the street from you. And they told him that he needed a timing belt. He was having performance problems. They said uh, he needed a timing belt. And he called me. I said, well, Tim, I don't know if you need one or not, but if it's an interference or not interference, there could be issues. But I didn't feel good about it. They wanted to charge him $3,500 to put in a timing belt. So I sent them to you. I said, go talk to Lloyd's. They'll set it straight. He brought his car into you guys. He doesn't have a belt. He's got a chain.
1: True. Mm. I was was like, okay, we're going down the wrong road here. But no good. (laughs) You clarified it. Go ahead,
2: Yeah. So they were going to charge him $3,500 to put a timing belt in his car. You guys set him straight. He had some uh, codes stored in the computer. You investigated them. You cleared them. Sent him on his way. Charge him a, a hundred bucks or something. He didn't tell me what, but I, I just couldn't believe that somebody was going to do that to him.
1: So I but, hear, I hear stuff like this and thanks for your call. That That's great. I hear stuff like this all the time. And at the very beginning of the show, Danny always talks about how we have ASC certified technicians yeah. and I'm going to kind of pump up my team real quick. Uh, we currently have nine ASC master technicians. This is the top end. That means that they passed all eight different tests in order to obtain that master certification. So myself, Dan, and then we have seven other guys there. That so there's nine of us in all. And that doesn't mean that we necessarily know everything, but what it does mean is that we're serious about what we do, and we care. We're gonna take the time to be educated and trained, and keep up to what we're, where we're supposed to be. And I don't know where your your brother went, and I don't believe that somebody intentionally tried to screw him over, essentially. Yeah. I, I really think that people don't know. And I think they get uncomfortable and nervous when they get caught in a situation and they give a best guess. And, you know, there's obviously a miscommunication there. I feel that anybody doing this would know a 3,800 has a chain, not a belt. But I don't know. Um, so I feel like a lot of times our industry gets a bad name for itself oftentimes because people don't have the training and the certification that they need. So um, when you go into your shop, your your dealer, whomever, make sure they're, they're, they're trained properly, they have certifications, that they're investing in their people so that their people
0: can take care of your car. Word of mouth is always good, too. It helps. You know, really does. Bill, thank you. Thanks for that comment. 651-989-9226. Nine, 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 two, two, that's the text number. That's the phone number. So if you want to talk personally with uh, Nick, call it in. If you want to send him a text, same number, 651-989-9226. Nine, 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 two, two, Mary Lou, you're going to be next. So hang on the line and everybody else. And uh, there is a, a comment we were talking about, the stolen catalytic converters, this this rash of thievery. And uh, a texter sent in this, the shop uh, they said, I work in. Uh, seen five of those in the past three months stolen. Five in the past three months. You guys have seen roughly two a week.
1: It's been it's been out of hand. It's um, you know, it's unfortunately I think a lot of it's, you know it depends on the the types of cars how you know people that are parked on the street versus in yeah. garages. You know, it's it's opportunist. You know, sure these it is. yeah. Unfortunately, these these thieves are very smart, but they're very lazy, and there are, there are. If you get online, you can find there's different ways to protect your vehicle, park an area where it's lit, park close. You know, I mean, there's, there's things you can do as an informed consumer
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to try to help minimize that. Um, you know, we even have gone as far as um, some of our repairs of welding an extra piece of bracing in place because the thief wants to be out of there in like a moment because they're making a lot of noise. This makes it tougher. Then. It makes it, you know, it's a deterrent and um, it can help. But ultimately, if somebody wants something and they are determined, they're going to get it. So, um Park, park your car in a lit area. Don't park your car on that spot. If you're on the street that's you know, under the, the tree where it's very dark, um, try to do things to put yourself in a better position. Um, you know, I, I wish there was an easy, yeah. foolproof answer, but unfortunately, you know, when people want to break the rules, sometimes they're just and going they to do, do that. And they could
0: do it so quickly. That's the scary part.
1: With right. those battery-powered tools, you're in and out in just a moment. Yeah,
0: Hang on, Nick. We're going to take a quick break. Everybody on the line, don't go away. Stay on the phone there. We're going to take this very fast break and come right back, and they'll we'll pick up on text messages as well. 651-989-9226. That's the text number. That's the phone number. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive, which is located where, Nick?
1: Oh, I'm glad you asked. We are in uh, 982 Grand Avenue on lovely Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Um, If you ever need need to give us a call for a little uh, uh, Q&A, 651-228-1316. And if you're on your phone
0: or in front of a computer, we're at lloydsautomotive.net. Very good. We'll get you that uh, phone number and other info before uh, Nick leaves us today. Keep in mind, Nick is going to be here till well, just about 745. So if you have a car care question, don't wait. Call it in or text it in. We have a bunch of both, Nick, so let's get to it. Uh, I believe Mary Lou has been waiting there the longest. Uh, Mary Lou is calling from Crystal. Hi, Mary Lou. What can we do for you?
2: Yes, good morning, guys. Um, I have a question and maybe a recommendation. I have a 2003 Volkswagen Jetta. I'm close to 100,000 miles and haven't had any major problems with it, but I'm looking maybe I have a catalytic converter sign on that, you know, there's an issue with it. So that's the only thing I can see. And I'm thinking of getting maybe a different car, but what do you think about fixing this one up and painting it? Because I want an orange car.
1: I say do it. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Well, okay, no, I mean, I'm a little being silly there, but, um, you know, it's painting a car um, can be... Expensive to have it done right, so make sure you inquire on that. Um, the The TV commercial where the one hundred ninety nine dollars paint job <laughs> is not real. Don't do that. That will peel off your car. But honestly, inquire with a reputable body shop in your community, your neighborhood. Go talk to them seriously and say, "Here's what I'm trying to accomplish." Or do see what they say, you know. And then you'll have to do the math, you know, based on the replacement of the converter, um, based on the cost of the paint job, and see what that adds up to, and then compare it to the vehicle that you're looking at, and do the math. You know I mean? Sometimes if you have the means and you love your car, well, like I said earlier, do it. I mean, if, if it works out for you now, if you're thinking this isn't the right thing to do, I can buy a newer vehicle that's the color that I like. It's got less miles. Maybe it's a little more reliable moving forward. Maybe that's a better option for you. So I think you need to do a little bit of homework before you decide exactly what it is that you want your choices.
0: Yeah, good, good answer. Well, good luck, man. It can be kind of quandary there.
1: I yeah. like when, you know, we get so caught up in doing the same old thing. You know, if you want to paint your car orange, you know, why not, right? Why not?
0: Sure. If you like the car, like the it's car, a good runner. If you have one, the means, to do it right. If you have the means, yeah. Like you said, do the math. All right. Let's see who has been waiting. Uh, Mike is calling in for, from uh, Blaine. Mike, you're on CCO. Good morning.
2: Yeah, good morning. I've got a 99 marquee. Like my battery light will come on, oh, sometimes three seconds, sometimes maybe, oh, I might 15 seconds, then go off and then maybe be off for 20 minutes or more. Well, anyway, I was thinking about putting a new alternator on. Um, The wiring harness that goes up onto the alternator, it snaps on up there up top. I tried to get that off. I didn't want to be too tough. Uh, Can I spray in there? Uh, Should I just be a little tougher with it? Uh, it, it, I'm also wondering, could it be the the regular wiring harness? Is there a typical problem with those?
1: Well, to, you know, obviously, if the battery light's coming and going, you know, it's con- possible that there's something within the alternator regulator that's not controlling it properly, so it sees a charges, it doesn't charge, and the light follows that. Wiring's another possibility. You know, if you know, as we park outside in the cooler months, sometimes critters get under the hood and decide to make a nest. You know, maybe they found a way into some some of the wiring and created any kind of uh, damage there. I don't think you should need to spray anything to get the connector unplugged. There's probably some sort of clasp that hooks on to give it a firm connection. Oftentimes, you need to take a small screwdriver or a pick to release that clasp so you can unplug that connector. If anything more than that, there's something that's not right, and you should maybe have somebody take a look because, like you said, you don't want to damage something. You don't want to break a connector. Uh, Connectors can be very expensive to replace, unfortunately. So take your time there. Get another angle at it. If you're not having any luck, maybe get uh, somebody else to give you a hand.
0: Okay. Very good. Again, 651-989-9226. That's the phone number. It's also the text number. Teresa's calling in from uh, Brooklyn Park, I believe. Teresa, you're on with Nick.
2: Hi. Good morning. Um, I have a 2003 Dodge Caravan, and um, we believe it's the the blower motor that went out on it for the heat. Um, It was making noise. It would only run on high for AC in the summer. And it was making a lot of noise and um, it just stopped working one day. So, um, we're trying to get an idea what's the general cost of something like that.
1: So, a couple things here. If the fan, if this has been a progression, which it sounds like, uh, and, it, mm-hmm. and at some point it was changing how many speeds it would work on. So, you know, we have a, a low, medium, high setting or three or four different speed settings. Oftentimes, a complaint will be. Uh, it was working on L5. Now it's only working on three, four, five, and now it's only working on 5 or high. Oftentimes the initial cause there might be that resistor or that controller that controls the fan speed. Now you said there's some noise associated. It's also possible that that motor who's been going bad for a long time, overheated and damaged that component. So you probably need to take it to a shop. Have them do some quick testing of the wiring and the the electrical circuit to determine if you have a blower motor and or a blower motor and a resistor or a controller. Uh, Several hundred dollars for sure depending on the location of the components and how easily they're accessed. Maybe it's an hour's labor. Um, Some cases you pull the heater box out of the way and it's several hours labor so to to say this could be a a $400 repair does not seem to be out of the question. but you know, take it. Step one is take it to somebody that you can trust. Have them do the testing to confirm exactly which parts you need. I'd hate to see you start spending on something, spending money on something, and
0: not having your problem resolved. Good point. Thanks, Teresa. Uh, Teresa leaves the line open at six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's grab a text before a quick break. Uh, do the tire pressure sensors and tires run on batteries? If so, how often do they need to be replaced?
1: They do run on batteries. Well, depending on this type of vehicle. The most common one, um, most common type is a, a sensor that has the battery and it's actually epoxied in the sensor, so the battery itself is not replaceable. Uh, we do see them once they get to be 8, 10 years old where they might be some weak voltages, but for the most part, you should not have a problem with that um, for a long time. And when you do, oftentimes it's not a solid light but a flashing light telling you that there's a fault within the system. So if the light's on solid, likely it's a tire pressure issue. If the light is flashing, there's a, a sensor or some sort sort of fault within that system so it can't operate
0: properly. Can uh, snow and ice mess that up? Do you know? Not really.
1: Not, not really. Um, you know, Some of the vehicles actually use the anti-lock braking sensors, the, the speed sensors to look at the variations of wheel speed to determine that. Um, it is still very common for the sensor with the battery built into it and the, uh, the valve stem built into it, actually. So it's one little component that okay. does all of it. But um, they're a frustrating system in a vehicle because we don't always see the value, but you will understand that value if you have a flat tire. Oh,
0: I guess. All right, so. we're going to take a quick break. Nick, hang on. Uh, folks on the line, you stay there, and we'll pick up on text messages as well here on our Car Care Show on Newshawk Talk 830 WCC. And good morning. Welcome back to our Car Care Show. Danny Long here with, uh, I was going to say Dan, but it's Nick for Dan today. And uh, you much, guys, much younger here, Danny. Much younger. Yes, talented. Talented. Great...
1: Got the, the looks for TV, but I'm stuck on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: <go ahead. laughs> and Dan's not here to listen to that, no. although he might be listening. You never know.
1: Uh, knowing Dan Burns, he's definitely listening and keeping a close eye on exactly what we're doing. Yep, so exactly. But he can't fire us from where he's at, so no, we'll no, be no. all right. No, no.
0: I'll tell you, if you have a question. And by the way, Nick, you're going to be at the, the at Lloyd's today, right?
1: Yeah, I was just saying off the air, I got a busy morning. I got right. uh, hockey? hockey, work, hockey, hockey, and maybe some sleep at the end of the day. I,
0: I wish you well. All right, All right we have, uh, you know, we ought to pick up on these text messages, too, besides the phone calls. So let's kind of back up a little bit. Here's a 13 Fusion. Uh texter says, hit bumps and the rear end sways a lot. Got new tires. The shop said, shocks are good. Are they wrong, or is there something else going on here?
1: Uh, You know, this shocks easy test, you know, like a jousting test where you kind of push down on the bumper of the vehicle and see how it rebounds. If it does the basketball action, they are no longer good. If it goes down and back up and it's firm, you're good. Uh, There's oftentimes a stabilizer bar, which kind of keeps that stable feeling to the vehicle. If those bushings have become worn or those links are broken, uh, it can create some sway to the vehicle. And the last thing, maybe have the alignment checked. You might think it's the rear of the vehicle, but there's something wrong on the alignment of the front of the vehicle. It kind of puts the whole vehicle kind of in a dog-tracking type of of, of motion there, which can make the vehicle feel unstable. So anytime your car doesn't feel safe or stable, have somebody look at it. The lesson you want is to put it off, put it off, have an unfortunate incident with an accident, and then wish you would have had it handled ahead of time. So take it in, have somebody take a look for you.
0: We had an earlier question about uh, the... uh, a timing chain versus timing belt issue. And a texter wants to know, is a chain replacement cheaper than a belt replacement?
1: Most often not. Um, And chains, you know, we used to always say you don't have to replace a chain. Um, That is still true. And this is, I'll be quick here if I can. Uh, Timing chains are more common now. Vehicle manufacturers kind of change from belts to chains, and it goes back and forth over the years. But chains are very sensitive. The timing chain is very sensitive to oil. We need to keep our oil full, clean. We don't want any of that carbon or any of that stuff built up on the chain surfaces because then they can get hot, and if they hot, get hot, they will stretch, which creates a drivability issue. So they don't fail like a belt does where it breaks and your your motor's done with. But if you don't do the little maintenance, the little things along the way, you can end up with a much more costly repair having to replace a chain.
0: I don't know if I've asked you this before because we've talked to Dan about how you, how do you, how how do often do you personally change the oil in your personal vehicles?
1: Well, I'm a, I'm a bad test because I don't drive a lot. My furthest commute with coming down here. Oh, it is. <laughs> unless I'm going up north, which, you know, kids in sports, that doesn't happen much. But uh, I, I use Mobile One. I believe it is better. I'm not a scientist, and people can argue me every which way, and that's fine. I've done this my whole adult life, and I use Mobile One. I, it's, it's full synthetic, so it gets done every 5,000 miles. If you use a conventional semi-synthetic standard oil, I still firmly believe 3,000 miles. Uh, I understand there's car makers out there and there's products out there that say you can go for 5, 10, 15,000 miles. Our experience has been that those longer intervals create more byproduct in the motor, which can create cause engine oil burning. It can create those timing chains to stretch out. Uh, crankcase issues, it it can cost, create costly repairs, but you can make those repairs, but oftentimes the damage that is done continues. So an oil change is very inexpensive over the course of the life of a vehicle. If you add just one of those a year to your car, it's not that much money, and your car will be very, very appreciated and happy
0: with you. Follow up on that. Does it matter the oil filter?
1: Well, and that's the, the you know, I, I do say yes Uh, price and uh, quality proportional. I said mobile One. It's probably one of the more expensive oils out there. I think it's better. Uh, when you go to the your uh, repair shop or your parts store, good, better, best. That gold filter, that premium filter, it's an extra two or three bucks. I think it's worth it. Okay. Um, it it does a better job filtering the oil longer. Uh, maybe the particulate, you know, matter. It it does. It's a more finer filter also. So. You know, it's so funny how we get so caught up. And every day, people call, how much for an oil change? How much for an oil change? It's irrelevant. I mean, it is. I don't want to say I want to minimize your money. But, you know, people are trying to save two, three bucks on something that could really protect your vehicle for 10, 100, 150, 200,000 miles. It seems really silly to me. It really does. But, you know, we
0: all have our own ways. It's the car's lifeblood. It literally is. Yeah. All right. All right. Text says this, 2000 Honda Odyssey, battery goes dead after the car is not being used for about 8 to 10 days. Is this normal?
1: No, a battery shouldn't go dead. As cars evolve, we have more electronics built into our vehicles, more demand on our electronic systems or electrical systems, on you know, batteries, alternators, those types of components. Uh, it's fairly straightforward. You put a meter on the, the vehicle, look for a, uh, an amp drain or something wearing on the battery when the car has been shut off. Uh, If that's not timing out or going down to a minimal uh, number, you have something that is staying powered up. Of course, we always think the dome light. Well, there's a lot more computers and components that take electricity that can still be operating after the car shut off that can do that. So oftentimes to determine if there is a drain isn't very expensive, very complicated. The hard part is to figure out what is the cause of that drain. that's where, you know, you get the wiring diagram out. You need to have your ASC Master Certified Technician looking at that wire diagram and, you know, making a common-sense approach to try to determine the source of that because you could ruin your battery, your alternator. A lot more components can
0: be affected by this fault or issue, so you definitely don't want to ignore that. got to get your crystal ball out here, Nick. Texas says, how long can I expect the turbo on a 2012 Chevy Cruze with 1.4-liter engine to last?
1: How often do you change your oil? Yeah, back to that. That's a great product uh, that we're referring to. A lot of those small turbo motors, small timing chain motors, change your oil. I don't care what somebody tells you. Do
0: it more often than what they're telling you because it's expensive. Got about a minute or so to go. Texas says, I'm a new diesel truck owner. I often see trucks running at a convenience store. Should I keep it running? Is it hard on them to shut them off? You know, start, stop.
1: Uh, You know, the... The big trucks on the side of the highway are idling. You know, oftentimes somebody might be sleeping in there. Uh, but your pickup truck, uh, you should shut it off. Somebody might take your pickup truck.
0: That has been happening more and more. Yeah, hasn't
1: don't it? don't leave your vehicle running. First no. off, it's against the law. That's right. Don't leave your vehicle running if it's not if you're not in it. Um, but once your vehicle's up and running and warm, it's fine. It, it, you know, I know we always think about these deep freeze, which luckily we haven't had this winter. But we always worry about these scenarios that really don't happen. So shut your vehicle off. When you get somewhere, it'll be fine. It'll restart just fine. And lock it. And lock it. Nick, we've got to
0: run. You're going to be at Lloyd's from 8 to noon today.
1: 8.05 to 12.05. And I
0: know you got a busy day after, <laughs> but how do we get in touch with you guys?
1: Once quickly here, uh, if you're in front of your computer or on your phone, it's lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, automotive.net. If you ever have to give us a call, we at 651 228 one three one six and if you're meandering on Grand Avenue in Saint Paul, we're at nine eight two Grand Avenue.
0: Lots of good shops and
1: coffee shops,
0: et cetera. Yes sir. All right. Nick, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Next alpha from Lloyd's Automotive in Saint Paul.